Again, we're so glad you're with us today. And uh, I know that this is a cold, kind of wintry April morning, but we are so glad you're here. And, you know, being that this is uh, April Fool's Day, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit something here because we did an April Fool's on Doyle because Doyle wasn't planning on being a worship leader today. Um, so that was a good job. He, he found out about five minutes beforehand, and he did a good job. Amen. And also, uh, April Fool's on you guys, because you thought you were coming to hear Doyle play, and he was going to come and entertain you like he does in the Grand Ole Opry. But April Fool's, because he's not going to entertain you today, he's going to minister to you. So this is a time of ministry. This is a time of your, I just would invite you to open up your heart and just allow the, the presence of Jesus to flow through Doyle. Doyle is gifted and he knows he's gifted, but yet he doesn't know how much he's gifted. That's the beautiful thing about Doyle. Doyle will play as, as hard and as intense and as intentional for this group as he would for a, a stadium filled of 10,000 people. That's the heart of Doyle Dykes. That's why I love him so much. So you just give Doyle a good Shalvey round of welcome this morning. Amen. Happy Easter, everybody.
Amen. God is so good, isn't he? I sang that not long ago on the Grand Ole Opry. And they all sang in the audience. You could hear them. They said they, you could hear them all over the nation on XM radio singing, It Is Well With My Soul. And uh, I, take up, uh, every, I take advantage of every situation I can. And, and that was a good one, I think. And so the Lord just filled the house at the Opry. And I, I've said a long time ago, uh, you know, I minister to him. Whether there are four people or 40,000. That's what an old man told me one time at my church. Whether there are four people or 40,000. I just kind of looked and shook my head and and uh, just pushing the dirt around our dirt driveway in the church that I helped build in Jacksonville, Florida. And he, and he took me by the arm. He says, you, you're going to. And it wasn't long after that. I was over, I think it was almost 50,000 people at a, one of Greg Laurie's Harvest Crusades. And you know what I did? I played to him, you know. And so if you do that, praise the Lord. No matter what you do, even my grandpa, you know, he wouldn't say it like this. You know, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. And uh, he'd look at the choir and he'd say, come on, choir, put some oomph in it today. That was his way of saying that, I guess, you know. I grew up in music. Uh, My mom and my dad, both sides, a lot of music. My my, uh, Papa Dykes was, of course, my dad's. Uh, father and uh, my grandfather, but on my mother's side as well, and uh, there's a lot of music. And so I, I uh, when I was at the opera, I told this little story. I said, when I was walking out the back door, and and uh, I had my guitar case in my hand. You had to go through the kitchen to get to the back door at our house where I grew up. And uh, Mom was always cooking something. It was only my brother and my dad and me, but she's always cooking. And where are you going, boy, with that guitar? I said, I'm going to Nashville, Tennessee. I ain't coming back. Oh, yeah? What you going to do when you get there? I said, I'm going to pick on the Grand Ole Opry. She just looked at me. She says, all right, don't be late for supper. <laughs> anyway, she didn't believe a word of it. And so I said that night, hey, Mama, I want you to know I finally made it. 
And then they all clapped. And I said, but I want y'all to know, Mama did too. And Mom was there on the side of the stage, sitting right there on the stage. And I said, Mom, come on out here. And already they already approved it and everything. And she walked center stage out on the Ryman Auditorium on her 90th birthday. You know, sometimes, and boy, you ought to heard the applause. She got a lot more than I did. And uh, it's the Lord knows those things that uh, interest you. He's a personal God. You know, we all we talk about the, the 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 death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, but that's what He did because He lives. Amen. We can also live in Him, and we can have life. And Jesus said, "I I come that you have life and have it more abundantly." And so that's the purpose of all this. So he can live in us and we can, we're part of his DNA. Praise the Lord. We're all, we are part of the family of God. I wrote this, this too years ago about for my mom and I was, I'll play a little bit of it. It's a tricky song. You know, since I was here, I, I remember waking up in a, in a hotel somewhere, and I was going to go and play at a church, and, and it was about a, a, a week or so before I was going to leave to go on this uh, several weeks tour. And uh, I woke up, and I, it was kind of like I had a panic attack. I don't know that I ever had one of those. I mean, my heart was racing. And I go in and I said, Lord, can I do this? I mean, I was going all over Europe. I was going to China. I was going to Australia, New Zealand, all over the world. I'm thinking, I did this in my 40s. I did it in my 50s. But I'm in my 60s. And I said, Lord, can I do this? And it's just like, well, you if, if you couldn't, I wouldn't have arranged it. It just came that quick. And I said, okay, thanks. And I just went back to sleep. And I don't remember anything after that. Just kind of like you. <laughs> and so that, you know, that peace and that calmness, you know, and uh, knowing that he is there. And I've been in 
countries all over the world. I was in mainland China for 10 days, all over China. There's some kind of strange places too. But, you know, it was an amazing thing that I could go to bed at night and never felt, even though I missed home and I was, you know, homesick in some ways for my family, but I, I wasn't lonely. There's a difference there. There's a difference. You know, Jesus said, uh, the last thing he said after he was resurrected, after he was resurrected from the dead, he says, I will be with you to the very ends of the earth. I am with you. And he said, go out and, and preach the world. I preach the word. I don't have my glasses on. Anyway, can I? <laughs> this is terrible. I told you I'm in my 60s. Okay, I can't. Anyway, I used to could stretch out my arm, but my arm's not long enough anymore. So uh, it's. And uh, this is in Matthew, uh, in the very last chapter, uh, 28. And he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Now, this is right after he was resurrected. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye, therefore, this is what you do, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all the things whatsoever I have commanded you, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. Even in Joshua, in the Old Testament, it says, Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. He is with you wherever you go. That's a good thing. That's what Jesus said. Now it's done. I've got the power. I'm always there with you. That's a good feeling. And so I'm going to Shanghai, China. Can I just give a little testimony this morning? I was in Shanghai, China, and I'm thinking, again, I got there and I think, Lord, what do you bring me here for? And they had me in a real nice hotel, and, uh, but, and I went to this uh, trade show. And when I got there, I noticed everybody was young. I mean, there were millennials everywhere. I'm over here, I'm kind of the Cracker Barrel crowd, you know. I'm kind of pleased, I'm okay with that. You know, but I'm going there and all these kids, I'm going, are they going to watch me play? Are they going to listen to me? And uh, they had these other guys on the same stage as me and we would take turns. And these guys were all tatted up and they had things sticking everywhere. You know, and they were really cool. They wore these shoes and made them look about that tall and they're not. But anyway, and I'm going, these are rock stars. What am I here for? Silver hair guitar grandpa here, you know. And they said, would you do, <laughs> would you do an interview for a magazine? I said, Yes, really, me? You want me? And so I, I did this interview with this magazine, and I'm walking out of the, of the interview, and I, you know what I heard? I heard this. Where's that coming from? And I turn around, and it's this Chinese kid playing my song. And that's a tricky song. That's why I played it for you. It's a tricky song. I said, I wrote that for my mother. He says, I know. Martha's Kitchen. I said, where'd you learn it? YouTube. <laughs> Thank God for YouTube. And you know what? God, I'll tell you what he did. He bolstered my confidence. It just soared. And I said, oh, my Lord. And he, he had this red-looking hair. I don't know where he got it. Bottle of something. 
no doubt, you know. And, uh, and, but he was a cool looking kid, you know, young guy. And he said, my father also plays your music. He just kept picking. He said, he's on his way here. He is. And about that time he burst through the door. He had hair down here. And he had to be in his sixties too. And he had the same color hair as this boy. He must have had the same bottle of stuff. He looked like a Chinese. I got it in my, uh, on my phone. I'll show it to you at lunch. He looked like a Chinese Ozzy Osbourne. That's what he looked like. And he had these glasses. He was cool. And you know what the first thing he did? He started, you know, he started playing these songs. He picked up a guitar. He started playing Doyle Dykes music. I was very impressed, you know, and, and, uh, and then he started playing the Wabash Cannonball. I grabbed a guitar and we were playing in China, the Wabash Cannonball. You know, the Bible says, don't throw away your confidence. It will bring you a great reward. It'll bring you a great reward. And, and I, I'm so thankful for God. Sometimes things come in your way. I'll give you an example. I was uh, playing on the Grand Ole Opry. I may have told this. I don't know what I did last week. I don't know what I did last time I was here. I have no idea. But I, I will say this. I was playing on the Grand Ole Opry one night, and uh, and I had played an sh- early show, and they and I had another show, and I had two songs each time. And they said, would you give up one of your songs for Jewel? I said, you mean the singer? I said, yeah. She'd never been on the Opry. Would you let her sing? I said, absolutely. I mean, who wouldn't do that? And so I did. And so uh, I used to do, you know, this fast up with the band, yeah. And uh, and the band was up there. They don't get paid unless they play anyway, you know. But uh, I used to play a fast song with them, get them on there. And then I do something worshipful like I did it as well, you know, on that uh, just a few weeks ago when, when Mom was there. Well, on this particular night, uh, she took one of those songs, so I was just going to do the fast one with the band. And so I went up, and my, and they're introducing me, and my amp broke. I mean, it just blew up or whatever. I don't know what happened to it, but it wasn't working. And I'm looking, and, and the guy was all behind there, and there's a, I looked in there, and I thought, man, it looked like spaghetti, all these black wires everywhere. You know, you don't see it from the stage, you know, but, but on the stage, I said, oh, my Lord, he'll never find that. And I said, what's going on? And the guys started walking on stage. It's yours, Doyle. And I'm going, you know, and here he is, Doyle Dykes. And I had this microphone up there, and I just went up and I just started, you know, uh, I just started playing like this, you know. Thank you. 
dad was still alive at that time and mom and dad were in, in Florida. So we don't know what you were planning on playing, but you played the right thing, you know. And I was in Norway about a week or so later, back when I was with Taylor Guitars. And, and uh, well, let me, let me say what happened right after I played. Well, you could hear a pin drop in the opera that night. Porter Wagner, it was his portion of the show, so he was the host. You remember Porter Wagner? He always had these wagon wheels on his suits with all these rhinestones and a real cool-looking guy, you know. Real tall, but when, I, when he came up to him, he looked all emaciated. I mean, he was very, very thin. I'd never seen Porter like that. And big tears swelling down his cheeks. And he grabbed me and he just hugged me against him. I think I had a wagon wheel on my face for a week, you know. And uh, But he hugged me so hard and he looked at me and he said, Son, I don't know what you were going to do. And he said it in front of all those 6,700 people and all in the radio and everything else that was on. And he says, I don't know what you were going to do, but you did the right one. That really touched my heart. You did that for me. Now, I was in Norway about a week later, and someone, one of my coworkers, came up and said, here's a USA Today, and didn't you know this man, Porter Wagner, had passed away? When things seem to be going wrong, God has a better plan. And you know why? Because he wants to be ingrained in your life. He knows those things that interest you. He knows those things that will bless you. But he also knows how to use you and how to get the most out of your life and what you do. You see, confidence really means with faith. It's not alone. I don't go out here alone. I didn't come here alone. He's with me. Just like I said, I'm never lonely because he's with me. This is not alone faith. Scott, you better not ever get out there what you do being alone. But you know that God is with you, you know, because he's in law enforcement. No matter what you do, God is with you. He promised that. He's also a guitar player. He let me use his amplifier today which I'm very thankful for that. But let me say this. Con, which means with, fideo, confidence. Con, with, fideo, faith, with faith. That's what it means. So this becomes five loaves and two fishes. It's no longer a guitar. I offer this to him. That's why I play the same everywhere I go, because it's not my gig. This is his. I'm playing to him. I offer this to him. And when he blesses it, there's no telling what will happen. You might find yourself playing for a little red-headed kid in China. There's no telling what God can do in your life if you give it and offer yourself to him. And it's because of the resurrection. Praise the Lord. I'm... Praise the Lord. Now, you know, the, the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Billy Graham says, without the resurrection, the cross is meaningless. Haley, my daughter, was trying to explain it to uh, her kids, Emmett and Emmy Lou. Emmett, and she said, well, he died, and Jesus lived, and he died, and he and he, and he rose from the grave. He rose. And he's coming back. He's going to take us to heaven. He said, well, what if I find something to hold on to real hard? 
In other words, I didn't think he wanted to go right now. <laughs> she said, no, you're going to like heaven. You're going to like it a whole lot more. And it's just a little bit too much for a five-year-old. And then the two-year-old comes. She says, Jesus died. And she's going to show off that she was listening. Jesus died, and then he froze. <laughs> no, no. She didn't quite have it either. <laughs> name is Emmanuel. He come to save us from our, all of our sins. He come to redeem us so that we could live. And he knew from the time he was young who he was. There's, there's three things about Jesus. He always knew who he was. And he knew where he was going. And he knew what he was going to do when he got there. Let's go from the beginning.
That's called the Easter song. The Bible says in Galatians, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but it is Christ that lives in me. And say it with me, and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Say that again. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. You're not in this alone. He died. He rose again. He lives because, and because of that, we can, indeed, we can live, and we can live for Christ. You know, <clears throat> the first kid I ever won to the Lord was in the ninth grade. His name was Harold. And uh, I won this silly contest at school. Well, it wasn't silly to me. And uh, I played classical gas in the ninth grade. These guys were, these guys were talking about that, and uh, and <coughs> classical gas. I mean, it was it was a, it's like everybody measured. You play guitar? Oh yeah, well you do classical gas. Well, maybe. Well, if you can't play that, you're not a guitar player. You know. Thank you. I didn't play football or baseball, but every day I went home and practiced classical gas. And so I won. I finally won. I lost the eighth grade talent show. I won the ninth grade talent show. And this kid said, uh, hey, man, you seem to have it all together. Is there anything in that book for me? I know you have that New Testament. And I had a little, you know, Gideon Bible. And and the scripture that I gave him was Romans 10 and 9. I took him to Romans 10 and 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I said, do you believe Jesus lived? Yes. Do you believe he died? Yes. Do you believe he resurrected from the dead? I said, that's a, that's a tough question. You be, do you really believe he did, that he lives? He says, I do. Harold, you won't get saved. Ninth grade study hall. And uh, he said, yeah, man, I do. And I let him, in the sinner's prayer, he accepted Christ in his heart. Forgive me my sins, I accept you as Lord. And and he got saved. I said, now the next verse says, for with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. But with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. It takes, that's a work. It takes works. Well, anybody can say, well, I believe in God. Yeah, anybody can say that. Even the demons say that in James 2 and 8. Even the devils, or is that 18? But anyway, it's in there somewhere. But even the devils speak, they, they know, and they tremble. They shudder. It raises the hair, like raising the hair on your arm. Oh, Yeah. But if you believe, but do you confess him as Lord? For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's how you get saved. You confess him as Lord of your life. And Lord just means supreme authority. It means I give you everything that I have. 
Jesus said this before he raised Lazarus from the dead. He says, and this is in uh, John 11, and he was talking to uh, Mary. Jesus said to her, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection. He knew who he was. And he says, he who, who believes in me shall never die, but he shall live. Or though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And so it's part of believing, but also is confessing him as Lord of your life. And uh, you, you read the account of the Bible of the empty tomb already, so I won't read that again. But we know that he is risen. We know that. In Romans 8, verse 11 the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in us. And if that same spirit lives in you, he shall also quicken or make alive your mortal body through his same through that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That's a pretty powerful thing. It's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives on the inside of you. To resurrect really means to revive, to restore, to regenerate, to revitalize. But the first thing it says, and even in the dictionary, resurrection or to resurrect means to raise from the dead. That's just what it is, to raise from the dead. Everything else just kind of is a byword of that. In other words, regenerate, revitalize, restore, renew, you know, all this kind of stuff. It also means to bring to view or to bring attention again or to use again, to use again. And uh, <clears throat> I'm going to say that again. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but it is Christ that lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. He gets up when you get up. He goes to bed when you go to bed. He's there when you're asleep. He's there. You see, the Bible even says in Proverbs... Uh, chapter 3, and I read this the other day, and I said, glory, hallelujah. And I can tell you why I said it. But it says, then you shall walk in your way securely and in confident trust. You shall not dash your foot or stumble. When you lie down, you shall not be afraid. Yes, you shall lie down, and your sleep shall be sweet. This is in Proverbs chapter 3. Be not afraid of sudden terror or panic nor for the stormy blast or the storm and the ruin of the wicked when it comes for you, for you will be guiltless. For the Lord shall be your confidence. For the Lord himself shall be your confidence, firm and strong, and he shall keep your foot from being caught in a trap or some hidden danger. You know why I got this new guitar, Scott? Because, I mean, I had a great day uh, last summer. And uh, I was thinking, boy, I had a camp meeting one night. Next night I was at this big old Calvary Chapel Church in North Philadelphia. And it was great. It was a wonderful place. I've been there many times. They run about 10, 12,000 people. On Wednesday night they had probably 2,500, 3,000 people. And they were on their feet and I was playing and we had a wonderful time. And I left. pastor said, won't you come have some refreshments? We got hot dogs and watermelon. That's it. They didn't even have buns. They just had hot dogs and watermelon. But you'd be surprised how good that is after church. And so we, uh, and I, thought, I thought, my Lord, it's, it's midnight, and I'm just now leaving. And I said, well, Lord, what a great day. What a great couple of days. It's been in the fellowship. I'm ready to go if you call me today. I got to think about my kids and grandkids. My wife and I have been married 45 years this year. 
you know, and I think about my four kids and my five grandkids, you know, and I'm not necessarily wanting to go right this minute because I sure am enjoying my this part of my life, but I'm ready if you take me. And I said, and you know, anything could happen, you know, and I looked down this way, Scott, I looked down that way, I drove across, I couldn't find the hotel, I pulled over, looked at my phone, next thing you know, I'm being chased around by a gang who tried to take my life. And uh, I mean, it was a miracle I got away from them. I had my phone up to my face at one time, and they stopped again. I thought, how could you find me again? And they stopped, they're looking at me, and they had, and I was, you know, shining on my face. This guy was looking, they were, they were mad as hornets. It was like a carload of hornets. They were so mad at me. And uh, it's like somebody said, well, who were you calling on your cell phone, the police? No offense. I didn't even think of those guys. At a time like that, I just—I I was thinking maybe I can get the pastor. I just want to know how to get back on the freeway. You know, I'm going. And so somebody said, "Well, who are you t- t- talking to?" I said, "Him." Who'd you call? I called him. I talked to him, and he was there. I said, "You get away?" Well, I'm here, ain't I? I mean, you know, think if you think about it. But thank the Lord, I did get away. But you know, at a time like that, you're either connected or you're not. You can't, you don't have time to take a crash course in how to pray or how to reach God or how to talk to God. You're either there or you're not. And it's good that I know in my knower that I'm there. And I hope you do too. God cares about those things. Just like my mama walking out on stage at 90 years old. What a blessing that was for me. You know, God knows those things, those little things sometimes in your life that, that you care about. There's a song a lot for Heidi and uh, I've done it before here I, I know I have I, I, because I've been here two or three times I'm going to do it again because uh, God has uh, resurrected it so to say she met me at the door good to have you home honey and gave me a kiss and a hug and went to bed they're yours have fun well they were Heidi and Holly we, we had only two daughters, and Heidi was four, Holly was two. Haley wasn't even born yet, or Caleb. And it was just Heidi Heidi and Holly. I said, y'all want to play? So we played till 2.30 in the morning, and uh, good musician hours, I guess. And so, but tell us a story, Daddy. I still like, your mom's going to kill me. you got to go to sleep, please. And uh, and so I put on the bed, and and, uh, and and I said, well, let's pray. And they said, and I said, well, okay. And I just told them a little just say this with me, and I told him a little prayer, you know, poem type thing. And uh, and I felt kind of bad. Holly was out. She was gone. They had two little twin beds. Holly was fast asleep. I walked back in. I said, and Heidi said, uh, Daddy, do you think God would bring me something? And I was just going to tell her, you got to go to sleep now, Heidi. She kept just talking. Do you think God would bring me something if we ask him? And I said, well, what is it you'd like? Uh, she said, I'd like to have a rose. you think he'd bring me one? I said, well, we'll ask him. And uh, anything to get her to go to sleep, you know. And uh, so we asked God for a rose, and I walked back out. And I walked back in there and said, how come you want a rose so much? Because we joined hands and prayed for that rose. And, and she said, because I've always wanted one. I think you're so pretty. I'm thinking, all those years, you're four. You know, but the way she says, I've always wanted one. 
<laughs> so expressive. And the, those big black eyes. You know, your, your daughters, they, you know what they do. Oh, my Lord. They just captivate you. And she still does. And, uh, and so I said, okay, we'll go to sleep. And, and so the next night I told him a story and we were going to pray. And Heidi joined, we joined hands. Heidi's hands started shaking. What's wrong? How come God didn't bring my rose to me today? You think you've forgotten her little lips protruding out? And I said, well, uh, we didn't mention the color of that rose. I thought it was pretty clever. <laughs> How do you answer a God question like that? She says, well, I was thinking of a white one. And I'm like you. I thought, do they make those? Or are those real? And I couldn't, my mind just blanked. I thought, not red. So all I could think, yeah, white. I'm going, mm, boy, that must, this is probably hard to find. But we're praying. I'm going, oh, Lord. And we, we got through praying. I could hardly go to sleep. I'm thinking, how am I going to get a white rose in case he doesn't come across? White? I mean, you couldn't go down to Safeway or what do y'all have? A family fair. Family fair. You couldn't do that then and find a white rose. They just weren't. You had to go to a florist or even special order two or three days in advance. And uh, so I got, Lord, I was thinking I had to go out of town. I couldn't. I thought well, I could call the florist down the street, or I could ask a friend to drop one by. But I didn't do any of that. I just went. I went to this little place called the Land, Florida. They used to sing a song. There's going to be a revival in the land. They'd say in the land. <laughs> so anyway, I went to this little church and it had a center aisle and two little sections, but it was way smaller than this. And uh, the pastor, I'd never been there, but he said, Doyle, I want you to. Uh, you know, have some refreshments next door with us. I said, well, I'll just put my guitars away. And about 20 minutes after the service, no one was in there. And this little lady just kind of burst through the back door. Are you Doyle Dykes? Yes. God told me to bring you something from my garden. Oh, really? I was in my garden. God said, bring this to Doyle Dykes. You are Doyle Dykes. I said, yes, ma'am. Well, I was in my garden, and God told me all day, he said, bring this to the church. Bring this to Do Brother Dykes. Is that you? Well, obviously, she was autistic or something. She had these big, thick glasses on looking at me. And I said, yes, ma'am, I'm Doyle, and I'll enjoy. I put my guitar down, I'll enjoy. She was standing down there, and she's handing me this little package of foil, something wrapped, you know, wrapped up in foil. And and uh, and she and I said, well, I'll, I'll enjoy eating this from your garden. And uh, I thought it was a carrot or something. I didn't know what it was. You know, it's a guy thing. We always think of food, like you are right now. I'll hurry. And so anyway, she hands it to me, and I and uh, and said, well, I wouldn't eat that. You better look at it. And I stood there, and and uh, and and I peeled the foil back, and there was one little white rose. And I'll never forget that as long as I live. I didn't tell anybody about that. I didn't tell my wife about that. I told him. You know why? Because I had that kind of relationship with him. He knows what I care about. And he knows that the things that my little kids care about. That's the kind of God he is. That's the kind of God that was resurrected. The one that we think was so big, he's way out there. So no, no, he's in you. He's right there. He's part of your family. Amen. I looked at her. I said, this isn't mine. She says, well, God told me to bring it to you, Brother Dykes. Like that. I said, yes, ma'am. And I told her the whole story about Heidi and the prayer the night before. And, and I said, and it, was a, it wasn't just a flower. It was a miracle in my hand. And you answered. You helped and you brought this miracle to me. She was praying for it. She says, okay. 
and just start walking out like it was nothing. And I'm thinking, she must be an angel. She's going to float any second now. And I got the rose home to Heidi. I, I drove up in the driveway. She runs out, gets in my truck and my van, gave me a big old hug. Good to have you home, Daddy. And I said, there's a present for you. And I hand it to her. She says, it's my rose, isn't it? She looked at it, and it's white. Mommy, Mommy, God brung my rose and runs in the house. And I still hear that little shrill voice sometime in my head. I didn't tell that story, brother, for a long time. I didn't tell it for several years. But I started telling it, and people said, you need to tell that again. You need to tell that everywhere you go. And I finally wrote a song called White Rose for Heidi. My brother played it on the piano at Heidi's wedding. She was holding a beautiful bouquet of white roses. This is family stuff today. for Heidi is the name of that. You see, God cares about those personal things in your life, and that's what the resurrection is about, making, bringing us. He came down to our level to raise us up to his, and he calls us to become a part of his, or allows us to become a part of his family. A year ago, I was booked down in Daytona Beach, Florida, and this businessman was going to have me down there to play, and, uh, and lo and behold, he just a week before he canceled 
and uh, and he, but he called me up and he said, Doyle, I'm still going to pay you because uh, y- you know you don't have time to reschedule. And I said, Well, that's very nice, but uh, you don't have to do that. And he said, Well, you know, I said, you didn't you want me to play at your church? He said, Yeah, we did. Well, I really love for you to, and I think it's worked out already. But you, I'll just give you the the number of the worship leader. I said, Okay. And the and the the businessman was a friend of mine that was a pastor, and he says, I want my brother in law to to go to one of your services. I want him in one, a church service with you. It mean a lot to me. That, and I grew up with this guy. And I grew up with his wife. I knew her um, basically all my life. And, and so, um, but anyway, he was in church. But he, I, I, call this, I call this worship leader. And I said, yes, I, I understand. I, I'm supposed to uh, uh, be coming to your church. I just want to introduce myself. Yeah, we heard you might be coming. And uh, just what do you do? I said, well, uh, I'm a guitar player. Guitar player? You're not a worship leader? Well, you can tell by today. No, not really. You know, I said, what, are you, you're not a contemporary work? Because we do contemporary here. I said, well, that's good. I go to a lot of churches that do that. And, uh, well, how can you not be, if you, uh, how could you have worked with Paul Balash? I see here on your website. Why don't you, how can, and, and uh, she didn't even look at the website at first. She says, well, I don't know what you do or who you are, and I, and uh, but we heard, you know, they said you might be coming. And I'm thinking, why don't you go to YouTube like they do that in China even, you know. I don't know. I didn't say that, but I think that's what little young kids do anyway. So um, she said, well, uh, I, I, you know, that's Palm Sunday. Uh, yes, I know it is, and uh, but uh, if it's not going to work, well, call me after lunch or I'll call you back. I'll have a meeting with the pat. Well, we just think it's not going to work, and... Thank you anyway. Okay. I've been doing this over 40 years. I've just been put down by this person that has no clue even who I am. Didn't really care. And I, I took my, my calendar and my phone and a cup of coffee I just made, went out to my back patio. I said, God, this is not the way you work. This is not you. I said, unless you have a better plan. Maybe you have a better plan. And I just sat there a minute. And I called a friend of mine in Florida. said, if you ever need a church down here to go to, let me help you with that. I called him up. He was at the state office down there. I said, do we still have a church in Deland? Not very far away from Daytona. He said, "Um, you want to go there? I said, yeah. He said, yeah, well, yeah, we got a church. He's probably thinking... I didn't know what he was thinking, but he's probably thinking it's a big church. But it didn't used to be. And so uh, about 10 minutes later, the pastor called me. He said he would call the pastor. Well, he called me. Man, we'd love to have you. I said, well, you know, it's Palm Sunday. He said, we don't care. Come on. Boys, I'm going, all right. You know? And I go there. He said, we're going to give you the whole service. Now, give me about 10 minutes at the end. I said, oh, it sounds fine. And, uh, and I'm walking around, and I had this big choir, and it was a great big church. And I set my amp up, and I'm, getting, I'm thinking, well, I need to go talk to the sound guy. So I'm going back, and I was all excited. And this little lady just kind of bumped in and said something kind of funny to him and just kind of walked off. She had big old thick glasses on. I said, who's that lady? And uh, he said, well, we call her Susie. Sue Cruz is her name. She's Susie. How long has Susie been coming to this church? All her life. I'm thinking she's in her 70s at least. I said, didn't this used to be he's a small church? He said, on the other side of town. I said, okay. I thought I was at the wrong one. 
He says, Doyle, I'm a musician. There's probably two or three guys in this whole church that know about your White Rose story. I said, is that her? He said, yes. I thought, man, I'm telling you, it's from the top of my head down to my shoes. I've told that story so many times, and I'm thinking people are just getting tired of that. He has the power to resurrect stuff, bring it to light, bring it back up. Say, don't you forget what I've done for you. And here's this little lady, and I went to the pastor's office. I said, I couldn't find her. I thought, where'd she go? And so I went to the pastor's office, and I told him that story. He said, that happened here? you got to share that. And I said, well, I will. And I did, and I had Susie stand up. She was all the way in the back in a sort of a raised area, all just sitting there by herself. That whole church stood for her. She's been noticed ever since. She's a queen now, let me tell you something. And uh, she came up to me. I said, Susie, I've told that story. I'm thinking I've told that in Hiroshima, 100 yards away from the or we, you know, the Dome Museum. And I've told it all over in, in Berlin. I've told it all over Europe and Japan and China. I told it the last time I was in China uh, and all these millennials in a nightclub. And they were, I'm thinking, and, and, and all this smoke and fog. And I told them that story and I saw tears flowing down their face. I said, that story has been a blessing. I even wrote a book about it. And Moody Publishing in Chicago, and she says, I can't read, but my sister read it to me. I said, well, I have an audio version I'll give you. You can just put it in your CD player. You have one of those? Okay. And she was just like I remembered her. She said, I want a picture of you and that guitar with that white rose on it. I said, okay. And so we have that. I just walked up, and there she is. There's Sue, the white rose lady. Can you believe that? I've told that story so many times. I would even told them Larry's Country Diner. <laughs> and they said, you got to tell the story of the white rose. My, my signature Taylor guitars all had a white rose on it like that. Oh, that's an Olsen. That's a $20,000 guitar. I had it when, the last time I was here. I didn't bring it this time. But that's a tw- And that man built that because he read that story and it touched his heart. And he read my book and he built that guitar and he gave it to me. I mean, this story has been a part of my life. Here she is. And I got in a car and I just texted these pictures and I, and I told my daughter, and she, she was in New York City. She said, Dad, I give anything. And she started crying. My youngest daughter wasn't born. She said, Dad, I've heard her. She said, I couldn't even breathe for a minute. And she says, I, I wasn't even born then, but she's been a, such a part of our life. She still lives. I said, I know. I wouldn't have ever seen her if I hadn't had a cancellation. God has a better plan. You don't think he's pulling the strings, pardon the pun, but he's pulling the strings of my life and your life. God cares about those things. Heidi said, I give anything. I said, oh, you're going to meet her. So a month later, she did. And here's Heidi meeting the white rose lady. And then we did go to Publix next. We did go to Publix and got a white rose. They sell them in the grocery stores now. <laughs> and there's my grandson doing the photo bomb thing with a video camera. And you can see my little granddaughter on the right with her camera. This was a big event for us, folks. You can go to the next one if you will. And there she is. Heidi has taken her in. She bought this beautiful home and hers didn't sell. The guy was going to pay cash. And she called me back in August. She said, Dad, I don't know what to do. We stuck our necks out on this. I said, what are you calling me for? God gave you the white rose lady back. 
She said, you're right, I'll call Susie. She called Susie. She called me a week later. Susie said, when's your birthday? She said, God says it's going to sell on your birthday. She found out that day, Dad, we close on my birthday. And they did. And there they are in her new house. Isn't that something? And she spends weekends with Heidi. Heidi takes her shopping. That's my mom. That's my, she looks pretty good for 90, doesn't she? That's my mama. And uh, she has been such a blessing to us. I can't tell you. Two, uh, about a month ago now, it's about a month ago. I can't remember if it was three or four weeks ago. Go to the next one, brother. There, It was her 74th birthday. And there's Heidi. And, uh, and then the next, go to the next one. Okay, there we are. Okay, now let me tell you, the next day, and I, I, I texted Bishop Wiley, we call it. I went to this church in Jacksonville, Florida. It was in my hometown. And the Lord worked it out, and I could be there on her birthday. We all went to church. My mom was sitting on the front row. <laughs> it still gets better. <laughs> I, get, I get so excited talking about this because God resurrects stuff. This happened in 1980. I thought I'd never, I didn't even know she was real. I thought she was an angel or something. I never thought I'd ever, I wouldn't have seen her if, if I hadn't had a cancellation. You don't lose your confidence. You keep your confidence in Him. Amen. None of these people are things that discourage you. They didn't give you your gift. God did. He's got a better plan to use it. And so we all went to church that day, and I told this story, and they all clapped. I said, well, Heidi's here, and they all clapped. And I said, well, somebody else is here, and brought Susie up. And they all, boy, they just went nuts. And there's Susie and Heidi, and we were sitting. I went down in front of the stage, and there we all, all, all three together. pastor gave me a little white rose wrapped in foil. <laughs> he gave it to Susie. He said, no, you give it to him. Now you give it to her. And it was just one of those. He just being kind of silly with it, but it, 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 they were so blessed. And he said, well, Fendi, you know, there's an anointing here today. And, 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 and he said, whoever, if you need something from the Lord. And he looked at me and said, Dole, why don't you pray? And I looked over, and, and we both kind of agreed at the same time. Why don't we let Heidi pray? Heidi started praying, and she's a nurse anesthetist. She's educated. She's articulate. She's my girl, but she's still my little girl, Heidi. She started to pray. And Scott, she was praying. And she just paused, kind of an uncomfortable pause, like, and she said, Lord, I thank you for your peace and your grace. Thank you that you, that you give us all a second chance. And she said, oh God, and she tried to talk and she couldn't talk. The next thing she said was in another language. My mama said, there's just a, my Lord. God just baptized Heidi in the Holy Ghost. And she started speaking in tongues. I don't know whether you believe that or not, but I was there. And I saw my own daughter, and that happened. She's sitting there holding the white rose lady's hand. And she's holding my hand. I'm looking, I said, is this ever going to end? My Lord. God knows those things that concern you the most and because he is a resurrected God he is a resurrected Christ because Jesus is alive he wants to get involved in your life so let the resurrected Christ let this Easter celebration become more real and more personal to you than it ever has before amen praise the Lord well you know um let me finish the story a little bit because talking about things that are unexplained or unexpected, um, 
you called me, was a week ago, Wednesday, Thursday? Yeah. I was gone last week. I was down, we moved our daughter down to North Carolina, and um, so we weren't here last Sunday. But Doyle said, hey, uh, Mike, um, what are you doing Easter? I said, well, we're just going to have Easter. He says, I'm available. Can I come up? I said, absolutely. So this was not planned three, four, five months ago. This was planned six, seven, eight, nine days ago. Talk about interruptions. You talk about God intertwining things. You know, I just feel that the Lord has orchestrated this for somebody here. I love Doyle. We've known him for 20, 25 years. Been here numerous times. But Doyle, I don't think there's ever been more an anointing in your ministry than there is today. You're just getting, like, better and better. And the Lord is fulfilling the, the, the dreams for you. So let's just pray. And we're going to give uh, Doyle an offering in a few minutes, but, um, and he's going to come back and play again. But I just want to give you an opportunity this morning. If, if the Lord is touching your heart, maybe like you've never been touched before, or maybe you've been touched and it's been a long time, I just want to give you an opportunity to reach out and do exactly what Doyle's been talking about today and just receive Jesus. Receive him again into your heart. He loves you. He's calling you. Just close your eyes with me, please. The Holy Spirit is gentle. And he just comes as a as a feeling in your heart to say, this is for me. This is for me. And when he does that, you don't even know there's people around you because this is so personal. Because the Holy Spirit is talking to you, just you. And he's saying, I love you, and I'm drawing you to myself. And all I'm asking of you is to say, come in. Come in to my heart. Just invite him in. Just say yes. Yes. I believe. And I receive. And I confess my sins this morning. And I just want to say yes to you, Jesus. Amen. As Doyle plays this song, I just want to give you an opportunity to, with all eyes closed this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to make a public confession by raising your hand to say, you know, Jesus is talking to me. That Holy Spirit thing you're talking about, yeah, he's talking to me. And I want to give you an opportunity. Nobody's watching, nobody's looking around. This is very personal. This is between you and the Lord. And I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus today, maybe for the first time. Don't be shy. He's calling. He loves you. This is the time for you this morning. So this morning, if you feel that tug in your heart, that's the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, yeah. Just raise your hand. Just raise it up. Yeah, I know. I know. I see it. I see that hand. I saw that hand. Amen. Don't be shy. Raise it up. Amen. Jesus is calling you. And he wants you to know how much he loves you this morning.
just repeat this in your heart or repeat it out loud with me. Jesus, I come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you for your perfect life. I thank you for your sacrifice. I thank you for dying for me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Live in my heart and renew our relationship. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, this is cause for celebration. You know what happened today? For those that, received, for those that raised your hand and for those that, that, that accepted Christ and said, I'm sorry for my sins. Now, if you've said that, there are, there's a celebration happening in heaven today. There's a celebration in heaven. Those around in heaven are celebrating with the angels. Let's celebrate, Doyle. Can we celebrate this morning for those that have received Jesus this morning? You got a, do you know a celebration song? I'll bet he does. Would you stand with me this morning? And let's just have a little celebration time as we prepare to give Doyle an offering this morning and just celebrate the goodness of the Lord this morning and the fact that he truly, truly is the kind of God that wants to give us second chances. Amen. And sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art, and sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art. If we could get the ushers to come back one more time, we want to just give Doyle a, a love offering this morning. And I pray that uh, you will just have been ministered to. Has this been good this morning? Have you enjoyed this? Have you been ministered this morning? Amen. So let's just give, let's just give Doyle a great offering this morning. And he's going to play again for us. And he's going to give us one more encore as we give freely to Doyle. Amen.